Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what's up? And welcome to a brand new episode of Serious Issues, a comic book podcast hosted by me, Andrew Levins, and her... Siobhan Coombs. That's your name! me! <laughs> Great intro. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for everyone coming to our first live episode mm-hmm. last week. Um, it was a live episode slash uh, Serious Issues in King's Comics take over a nightclub at yep. Hudson Ballroom. We filled the room, kind of, with... Uh, with with people and comics. Yeah, that was impressive. I thought it could have just been comics, but it turned out people showed up too. There were certainly more people. Actually, there were definitely more no, comics No, there were heaps of comics. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks everyone for coming down. It was um, cool to see that we can do that sort of thing and people will show up and also that there is an interest in um, old back issues and stuff like that and people really do love having a dig through, so... Yeah, definitely. Nice. And we recorded our live episode, which was uh, the big reveal of who won our comic book awards thanks oh, yeah. again if you voted um and thanks especially if you are a creator who voted for yourself um we're going to be putting that episode up i'm going to try and do it before christmas nice um and then you can spend your christmas with your loved ones uh listening to a slightly badly recorded uh <laughs> hour of siobhan and i telling people to shut the fuck up yep. so we can announce the winners <laughs> Um, and also we've got another bonus, bonus episode that I recorded Another boner episode Another boner episode, guys, we did it um, <laughs> Steel Saunders, who hosts uh, Steel Wars, the Star Wars podcast And the I Love Green Guide Letters uh, podcast from, Both recorded from Melbourne um, He was up in Sydney doing a live episode of both of those podcasts over the weekend And after I was a guest on Steel Wars um, Alongside Kyron Wheatley and Angus Truscott from HeyFam uh, I stole Steel and we did a like a good hour and a half on what we think. Try, we basically tried to make a decision on what was the best Star Wars comic that Marvel put out since they took the Star, the Star Wars license. Nice. That's interesting. So if I get the live episode out before Christmas, I'll try and get that episode out before New Year's. Was it the C-3PO one shot? <laughs> no, he hated that. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I actually can't even remember. Possibly I like- because I was drinking. I can't remember what we said was the best one. But there was, it's lots of really great arguments because I read the comics because I like comics mm. and he reads the comics because he loves Star Wars. I feel like it's a very different perspective to yep. come from. Yeah. While we are thanking, in, in, in the business of thanking people. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who comes every month to Queens of Kings. It's been such a like brilliant first year for us. It's been, um, it's my favorite thing to do. Sorry, Levens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, genuinely, I we've, Built this unbelievable group of intelligent, 
kind, respectful women with incredible taste in comics. And it's um, the most fun thing ever. So thank you to everyone for coming to the last one. Thank you to everyone who brought snacks. There's so many snacks at King's Comics right now. It's so good. Um, And I look forward to uh, seeing you all in the new year. We've already planned the next book is going to be Mockingbird. Oh, great. I think that should be a fun one. So that means the trade of that is out. Yeah, the first trade of Mockingbird is out. Amazing. We fucked up. We should have done a Christmas uh, recommendation list. Yeah. So let's just put that in there. Yeah. Get that. Get the, the vision trades. Get the um, Prince of Cats hardcover from yep, Image. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And get whatever else we say we like yeah. in, this, in this episode. There's tons of recommendations. <laughs> Guys, you should have been making a list all this year. <laughs> so let's kick off with uh, the bulk of this episode. And that is what we do every single week. We read all of the comics that come out each mm-hmm. week, um, courtesy of our good friends at King's Comics, which you can visit if you're in Sydney. 310 is. Pitt Street or kingscomics.com you can buy any Absolutely. of the comics that we talk about from there um, and uh, we tell you which of those comics you should be reading too we begin every episode with a little segment called First Things First in which we review all of the brand new number ones that came out last week and oh boy I mean as a whole I thought people want, like comic companies wind down towards the end of the year <laughs> this week and next week are two of the most bulked weeks we've ever done yeah, yeah, no, comic com- like the comic community has no time for your Christmas celebrations. <laughs> In fact, they add to it by yeah. doing fucking holiday specials, which, Absolutely. which I kind of love. Yeah, uh, so both DC and Marvel had some big number ones this week. Should we flip a coin for DC and Marvel number ones? It is the, the I mean, season- that's highly unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> it's a season to be jolly, and I'm going to be jolly with this Colleen Toss. Great. I forgot to say, Heads is uh, what? Heads is DC. Heads is DC. It was Tails. We're going to talk uh, about Marvel's new number ones first. Um, All right. <clears throat> we're going to talk about the... Actually, no, fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to be even more unorthodox and ignore the, the tale. But the, the, we're talking about holiday specials. We're talking okay. about number ones. And I think the, uh, the biggest, or certainly the most expensive holiday yeah. special that came out this week was the DC Rebirth holiday special. Ten dollars. Ten for buckaroos. A issue. How ludicrous how much, is how that? How much does that translate to in Australian comic dollars? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Probably about $15. 50 bucks. $50. <laughs> um, but... This is a, uh, you know, as you can see on the front cover, you've got Batman, Harley Quinn, Superman, Superman's son, Batman's son, Wonder Woman, Batgirl, Kid Flash, and the Green Lantern. So it's a few stars and reluctant stars of, uh, of the Rebirth books uh, that we've been reviewing since they rebirthed um, midway through this year. This uh, is an anthology book with lots of different writers. The entire book is put together, kind of held together by a pretty fun narration written by um, Paul Dini. It's basically uh, Harley Quinn kind of strings the whole thing together, putting on hasn't like a that pageant. Been what's strung together? Like, hasn't Harley strung together pretty much every special, like seasonal special that DC has done recently? If she has, they have not been done anywhere near as well as they have in this. Yeah. They're actually, like, I found. You know, this is the classic thing where, like, the stories get worse as the book continues. <laughs> no, it's so funny. But uh, I found all of her interactions, especially, like, you know, just recently we read the Batman Christmas special and Paul Dini wrote a Harley Quinn book in that, a story in that, which I couldn't stand. But I loved his fourth wall yeah. breaking Harley Quinn in this. Like, she constantly makes references to how b- dumb holiday specials are and how pointless they are and you know, always talking directly to you as the audience, but I actually found it quite endearing and fun. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed this. Um, it is full of classic Paul Dini stuff. So it's got both like really classic looking Zatanna and Black Canary. Um, and man, I find like Holly's such a, like Holly is such a difficult character, but it's so funny seeing her played in one book for like 
like she's simultaneously pl- played for like gross out laughs, but she's still like extremely sexy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I find it a really weird thing. So I now feel quite weirded out by like cute, sexy Harley because I'm used to like. I lick shit off my hands, Harley. Oh yeah, that's right. The uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> she actually that's lick really shit off her stuck hands in my brain. Year, yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought this this was good, kind of classic, not too over the top, sexy. Harley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this no, is no, like, it's more like know, cute. Calling back to Bruce Timm's version of of uh, yeah of uh, Harley Quinn. Um, so, do you want to point out some of our favorite stories in this? Uh, I enjoyed this. The first uh, it was like a. Yeah, what's that? What's the Arnold Schwarzenegger jingle all the way? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, a Superman and Batman uh, take the roles of, or Superman takes the role of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, <laughs> trying to get some very sought after toy for um, his son, John, um, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, turns out Damien wants it as well. Um, and there's this cute kind of fatherly moment, uh, yet another amazing fa- fatherly moment yep. in the DC universe this year. Uh, we also have uh, a great story called "For the Dog Who Has Everything," which is another little heartwarming. Uh, Superman and his family and including Crypto mm-hmm. kind of working out that he's had a crazy year. Uh, my favourite story in this was the Detective Chimp yeah, story. Duh. And I'm getting in before you say obviously it's the best one. Obviously that was the best one. It was always going to be the best one. Detective Chimp is a chimp who is a detective. Need I say more? He That's wears it. a suit, he has a hat and he's, he's a, a better, better detective, detective than, than Batman. Batman. Yep. <laughs> and, and this had such fun art by someone who I've never heard of before. Gustavo Duarte. Gustavo Duarte. Very good. Really enjoyable. Um, I also really enjoyed the Wonder Woman Constantine story by Mariko Tamaki and with art by Matthias Bagara. Yeah, that was, that, that was fantastic. That was like better than anything I've read Hellblazer in this year. Yeah, totally. And that's um, Mariko Tamaki is the person who's t- uh, going to be writing Hulk soon. Oh, great. So get keen for that. That's great. Mm. Um, the Flash one was pretty good, um, yep. written by um, James, James Tinney the IV. Um, I was confused at some points as to what they were referring to. Like uh, there was like a weird flashback in two panels to... A kid on Christmas morning. I don't know who that was meant to be. Was I think it? it's supposed to be Barry because he's it? like, I grew up in foster care. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, ah. Cool. All right. I thought that was maybe what how Captain Cold grew up. Um, but that was that was a nice little story. Um, hated the, the new Superman um, two pager. Um, the Batwoman story is probably the lowest point of this book. With really awful art and a bizarre story about hacking. Yeah. H- hacking in weird. comics is never good. It's never impressive. And uh, Unless everyone it's should Oracle. Stop it. What's that? Sorry. Unless it's Oracle. Oh, I'll, I'll get more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the new, the Teen Titan, the Titans one was rubbish, and the Green Lanterns one was rubbish. Yeah, the Green Lanterns one, like, it's just so funny how it was. Like, I feel like it is literally every single Green Lantern comic that I've read with those two Green Lanterns is like, a, it's got that really annoying first person narration. That's Not like, only is it first person, I'm but Green it's, I am just my name is Jessica Cruz, yeah. and I am a Green Lantern. It's like yeah. we know. Because it says Jessica Cruz in Green Lantern. So. Yeah, yeah. But then it's also just always about her having like emotional issues or whatever. Like just fight some space monsters. Transcend that. Like you're not. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like that's a good role no. model to just be like have someone that's constantly defeated or trying to battle. Yeah. With. I, get, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, her rising above this. I yeah, know, totally. Like, I know that is unrealistic in the real world, but like, I don't know. What's, what's, yeah. It's just that it's like, it's just heaps boring. Yeah. So far. Yeah, totally. Anyway. Anyway, we don't read that anymore, so it was annoying to have to read in this. Um, instead of uh, continuing down DC number ones, let's uh, let's compare this to the other holiday special special that came out this week. Oh, I didn't read that. You did not read the Gwenpool holiday special. No. Up. I understand why you would not, because Gwenpool's in it, and Gwenpool is a character that doesn't appeal to us at all. But <laughs> there was a story in this 
written by Ryan North. Oh, amazing. Who writes um, Jughead and uh, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. And this is a world in which Galactus has replaced Santa Claus. Amazing. And it is so stupidly funny. That sounds amazing. Um, it's got Finn Fang Boom in yep. it? Oh, and and uh, Red Skull, um, Modoc, and Thanos versus Miles Morales. Miles Great. Morales. And no one... like So Galactus takes... You know, no one believes... You're not meant to believe in Galactus because you're an adult. <laughs> um, and no one believes it's actually real. And uh, it is so silly and goofy. And, you know, Galactus ends up saving the day. Miles can't tell anybody that he did because no one believes him. Um, it's great. That sounds it's a, so fun. It's a really, it's like the perfect story, perfect example of the kind of story you want out of one of these, um, you know, pretty goofy holiday specials. Yeah. <clears throat> pretty much every other story in this completely sucked, mm, including nice. a, including a for no reason Deadpool Halloween story at the end. Oh yeah. I don't know why it was. That in makes there. sense. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, if this was six dollars US, maybe not worth buying just for the Ryan North story. I I probably probably still would have bought it, but uh. Yeah, I thought yeah. I, it's really, really great. If someone has this, borrow it. Maybe like you know, it'll, it'll take you about five minutes to read it. So find a, find a comfortable corner in your comic book store and don't dog ear the corners. Please don't. Just read actually, it. no, I cannot support that message at all. <laughs> Do not read shit without buying it in a comic book store. That is a dick move. That is a dick move. You are stealing. Tis the season <laughs> to be unorthodox. <laughs> um, all right, let's stay in Marvel territory now. The big number one that came out this week was Hawkeye, number one, uh, by Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, and Jordi Belair. Um, and this is all about Kate Bishop as Hawkeye in Venice Beach, mm-hmm. California, um, starting her own private um, agency. What private do you call investigation. Private investigation. PI. She's, she's trying to be a PI, like her good friend, Jessica Jones. More on her later. Um, this was great. Yeah. I mean, I sort of like, I enjoyed it. I think that, um, Romero is really good artist, except potentially in the action scenes. They were like a little bit static. I thought, right. Um, I just like, she's so sassy. Like Kate Bishop is so sassy. I don't find it like, I think that the way that Matt Fraction wrote her was like a little bit more human and a little bit more like genuine. Like I don't, I don't necessarily find this particularly like a genuine voice, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, But like, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. And it was nice to see, like we were talking in Queens of Kings about how annoying it is in like action movies when chicks don't have their hair like they haven't put their hair up because imagine how annoying it would be like flying into battle with Scarlett Johansson's like perfect curls all around you and there's like a funny bit where she put like she puts her hair in a ponytail before she sort of swings into action (laughs) and I was like yeah justified great um but like I enjoyed this enough to continue reading it you know yeah for sure I get that and they're they're definitely on that you know note of it's it being unrealistic as a character when 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 characters just become a quip machine yeah. Especially when the jokes aren't necessarily funny. They're just like, yeah. it's just sass, sass, sass. She even makes reference to her being sassy. Yeah, yeah. She, like, there's a, like the first bit where I was like, oh. Because the page before I'd been like, yes, this is incredible. And then the next page she goes like, are you ready for sass or something like yeah. that? And I was like, ah, maybe not. There are there's enough sass like enough kind of like attitude coming through subtext as well, like to, yeah. to you don't have to actually have her say sassy things as well like, yeah or she could think them you know I don't know yeah but yeah it, it, you're right it definitely was a little bit overbearing but I still really enjoyed this um, yeah totally. I, I love Romero's art um, even though it reminded me a lot of uh, David Ayer but that's yeah a good, but that's, 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 yeah, yeah, that's that not a complaint a thing. On, a, um, on a Hawkeye book that's that's almost um, 
That's a good move. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah. It's likely this is. I, I really like Kelly Thompson as again. She's another younger writer. Yeah, is um, she? Is she the person? Is she the person who wrote the Pink Ranger comic? Uh, yes. Yeah, so and, I enjoy that way and, more than this. And the Star Wars annual that we uh, read recently about the uh, girl who helps yes. Princess Leia. I enjoyed that more and, as well. Uh, and Mega Princess, which right. you, which you really, like. I really like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. uh, definitely someone. Uh, there are lots of younger writers now that are writing like fucking 10 books at once. Yeah, I know. Um, I guess they're all maybe limited series. That's that, what happens, then they burn out. Yeah. <laughs> um, over to Image now. A, uh, oh, what, so, oh, you wait. didn't read, you didn't read. You're right, we should talk about the big Marvel book. I was trying to... Actually, oh. you know what? This wasn't that bad. Yeah. In- Inhumans versus X-Men number one. We read number zero a few weeks ago, and uh, I was like, oh boy, I'm not looking forward to this event, which is going to go to a fucking march, uh, in which uh, the Inhumans and the X-Men finally fight again. <laughs> but this one's once and for all, guys. Um, once and really this time. Now it's war. Everyone's going to talk for heaps longer, but now it's war. Um, because you wanted to talk about it, you have to tell everybody what the plot is. Getting the band together or something. That is not what <laughs> happened in this book. Just all the X-Men got together. So, okay, Beast goes to the rest of the X-Men and is like, look, guys, it turns out that we actually can't cure the Mpox. We can't get rid of the cloud. Um, so the, our options are we all stay here and die or we move off planet. Everyone, everyone make their choice. And everyone goes, no way, beast, you fucking uh, Inhuman turncoat. lover. Yeah. We're going to knock you out and do our own war. And then Emma Frost is going to seduce Black Bolt. And, uh, and Dazzle's in it. Yeah, and Dazzle's in it too. That was fun. <laughs> Dazzle's great. That, yeah, Dazzle's be- great. That was a beautiful plot. But it basically shows uh, different X-Men going out and taking different Inhumans off the map. So yeah. um, we have like Jean Grey trapping Karnak mm-hmm. in his own mind, and um, uh, <laughs> I thought I, I'm very amused by the one-page cameo of uh, one of my favorite mutants, yep. Phantom X, uh, being forced to take out Lockjaw. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good. He didn't. No, uh, they are see, beside. Yeah, they're mostly kind of non-violent, or at least you know, capturing, yeah. not, not killing. So I liked. I appreciated that. But yeah, they're basically the, they're, there's a big green cra- cloud full of Terrigen mist that's like getting bigger and bigger around the world. It, it, it gives Inhumans their powers, but it also kills X-Men. So the X-Men are going to take that cloud out once and for all. But is that, I thought that they said that they couldn't do that now. So I don't really understand what the actual X-Men end goal is. We just, we just well, <laughs> incapacitate it, the Inhumans and then we still all die. Emma, Emma, oh yeah, is that I, it? I don't know, maybe. Emma, Emma, Frost. Emma Frost has a plan. Do you like Ooh. Emma? Sorry, I just noticed that in the um, final page where they're like, now we fight, um, Colossus has a beard again. Oh, yeah, wow. I love beardy Colossus. Was there a, did we miss an arc High point in which of he, the issue. Yeah, did we miss like a, a, a one shot in which he decided to grow a beard back? I don't know, but that's, an, that's a one shot I want to read. Oh, look, and um, Matey from um, uh, Thingo. Strong Guy? Strong Guy from, ma- no, Matey from Thingo. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, strong Guy's in the background. I love those stupid pages where it's everybody kind of impossibly flying. Yeah, 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 like everyone jumping at each other. But then there's just like two guys just standing here with like their arms crossed at the back background. Like, where are they in, in the world? Are they, are, they, are they on Iceman's ice? I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I don't think this is Len Lee's best work. I mean, it's a big, big bumper issue. It is a huge issue. I definitely thought that a few times throughout the um, issue. This is written by Lemire and, um, and, and Charles Sewell. But the uh, X-Men, like, the, like, I think the key problem is that I was trying to explain, I was trying to explain this to someone and like trying to explain who 
the X-Men actually are right now is so... It's still just too annoying. It's too annoying to bother. Send like, the young mutants you... back. Yeah, and send old man Logan back too. Because everyone was like, our Queens of Kings, everyone was like, is Wolverine alive? And I was like, no, but old man Logan is. So yes, I guess. <laughs> like, it's just the dumbest. And there's two beasts. Yeah. And, and one of them's not even dark beast. What's the point? I mean, I don't even like Rachel Gray. And she's been in comics for like from a, from a oh, separate yeah. timeline for I so long. I still don't understand Madeline yeah, yeah. Pryor. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is too much. X-Men Universe So that, apparently, the, the, like, we already know the X-Men win this battle. Oh, what? Do we? Mar- yeah, well, because the X-Men have like fucking 11 new titles starting oh, yeah. in Ugh. March next year. So, anyway. Marvel ruin everything again with solicitations. <laughs> nice one, Marvel. <laughs> That's how they do things now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still going to read these. That's the thing. Even though, like, for all my complaints about Marvel and to DC to a point, but mm. like... Oh, no, Marvel are definitely a bit better at it than DC. They'll put out a book that I don't like that I still want to read. And that makes That's me mental. part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about them later. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the one writer is putting out constantly all of them. Yes. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. review them all. Um, back to DC now for Injustice Ground Zero. Did no, you read this read one? That. Yeah, I more like Harley Quinn. So the un- Injustice, based on the video game in which all the DC heroes and villains fight each other and uh, lots of them die. This one retells the original story from Harley Quinn's perspective. Ah, uh, that's what it needed. Half of this comic is her just retelling what happens in the first Injustice series from her point of view, and then we kind of see this. Um, then we just kind of see this one scene of her breaking into a thing to steal green pills or something. Like I know that sounds terrible. For some reason, I read every page of this, and uh, I might, I might really even read like, the second one. People really like the Injustice comics. Is this being written by Tom Taylor? No, uh, no uh, Brian Buccellato oh, and right, um, okay. and uh, Buccellato. Sorry, Buccellato, Buccellato. I have no idea. Cappuccino, hmm. um, and uh, Christopher Sabella, as well. Oh, delightful. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the, there was something not terrible about this, even though it was <laughs> terrible. That's nice. That's a good endorsement. Put that on the cover of issue two. Uh, cool, can we move away? Oh, no, we don't. we've still got another Marvel book. Yeah. Oh, we forgot about I loved this. Uh, really? <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Punisher, Magic Bullets. I think this was a Marvel Unlimited digital comic first, and they okay. collected uh, the first few. Written by John Barber and storyboard... Uh, and written by John Barber and Jason Moore, with art by Andrea Brocado. Um, this is... Do you remember when that un- original Sin event... One of the highlights of that, which is written by Jason Aaron, who is now writing Doctor Strange, but he wrote Doctor Strange and Punisher kind of teaming up to... Like, Nick Fury teamed up a bunch of different uh, really people in the Marvel University, University, Marvel Universe, <laughs> and, uh, and they had to go on, like, separate little missions to find things for him. And across a few issues, it oh, was the yeah, team yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked really well. It was really cool. So they've, they've done an entire series about Doctor Strange and the Punisher teaming up. It's called Magic Bullets. And uh, issue one came out and it involves the Punisher kind of doing his like classic killing all the mobsters in New York. And then mm-hmm. he discovers a room full of magic bullshit and decides to give old Doctor Strange a call. And uh, they're very unlikely companions. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed... Uh, there's a moment where you see Doctor Strange who, you know, this follows the continuity of there being no more magic in the world. And it apes Chris Pacello's style really well during these scenes where we see Doctor Strange in, in battle. I appreciate things like that. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Where they not only do they reference what's happening to the character within the bigger universe, but they pay tribute to the artist that's currently writing that, you know, d- sorry, uh, drawing that stuff. Yeah. I thought it was a um, slightly sassy version of the Punisher. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that though. 
I like it. I feel like I feel like like no other character. Everyone has a different version of the Punisher. Yeah, I feel like he's generally just like a really tough, silent guy, right? Isn't that his entire yeah, character? Yeah, but sometimes he's tougher. Sometimes he is more silent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the Many shades of gray. The um in the in the regular comics, not the not the Max ones. Garth Ennis's Punisher was a talker. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he was true. he was a Frankenstein monster for a while. Yeah, remember when he was Frankenstein, guys? Comics. I like that. Comics are ridiculous. <laughs> um, I didn't like. I I thought this was totally fine. This was absolute popcorn. This was absolutely That's why I acceptable. It. it was a. Pa- I just turned the pages and enjoyed it and didn't think while I was reading it. I think the cover is the best thing about it. Okay, That's well, a nice cover. I'm going to keep reading this. About you? How about you? Nah, probably not. Who did the cover of this? Cover is great. Michael Walsh. There you go. Good on you, Walshy. <laughs> uh, I read Rockstars. I did too. One. On Image, um, written by Joe Harris with art by Megan Hutchison. Art is the better thing in this book. Um, oh, I think the art's actively good. No, the better. Oh, right. The better, like, I enjoyed the art side of this more than the writing. It is uh, the premise that, that they kind of hint on in the, in the first few pages. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this will be great. It's all about mysteries in rock and roll. Mm. The uh, backwards messages that we hear in classic albums. Um, people that, that are lost, you know, girls, groupies that get lost, um, death hoaxes. You know, the, the Paul McCartney is dead yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and th- you've got a, this guy's like, this kid is a, you know, aspiring rock and roller who also wants to be a detective that solves these rock and roll mysteries. Mm. And uh, I was like, man, this is going to be great. But then we kind of get this weird kind of lackluster tale of, a, of two would-be groupies getting uh, killed by demons. But then they're groupies that live forever as scary demons or something. Yeah. I, I, and I just thought it was quite confusing to follow because it kind of jumps back and forth in time without mm. markers of which era you're reading at the time. And our character seems to age and de-age throughout the... I wasn't sure if, if we were seeing two different timelines of him too. The main, the main guy, character, the main detective. And then and then we there's this, like a vague media... Chick, chick as well. Who and I, I don't, I don't know. This, this, this book didn't go where I wanted it to go. Um, but I feel like it still could. You know what I mean? That's I feel true. like I'm gonna give it another couple of issues. And I really, I really enjoyed the art. Actually, I think mm. that's it's very like cool and different and suits suits the story incredibly well. It has some really great backup material. It's a great package. Mm. This thing it has like a bunch of um, uh, writings about rock and roll um, mysteries and and about errors and recommending. Uh, other books about classic rock and roll. Um, yeah. This book references, you know, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, all that kind of stuff throughout it. So there's going to be a lot of tales from that side of things too. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it exactly one more issue. Nice. Um, because often vague things do get explained eventually. Yeah, totally. Uh, two Transformers comics started this week and <laughs> I thought I would read at least one of them and then I read both of them. You're uh, bonkers. So out of one called Transformers Lost Light and uh, this one... The aft- in the aftermath, oh, what, this, th- there's the description of this is like baffling. Um, this is um, okay. The lost light lives on. Five years ago, Rodimus and a collection of traumatized, lovelorn, and or sarcastic Autobots. Like, what? Why would you describe <laughs> Autobots, massive robots, as lovelorn and or sarcastic? Because they have. Uh, I don't understand. Why are those the two things? Yeah, <laughs> Set off. They set off on a quest to find Cyber Utopia. So far, they've made a right hash of it. They've misplaced their map. They've lost their ship, the Lost Light, to a mutinous es- escapologist. Oh, and they're dead. What? So, what do you Can think? Can robots even be alive? So, that was one of them, Lost Light, and the other one was an Optimus Prime comic. Huh. 
So, which of those two do you think would be the more reader-friendly, easy to get through? Just because you set it up like that, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Lost Light. The Optimus Prime comic made no fucking sense. It starts <laughs> off with, like, previously, and it has, like, all this panel with so much text. Like, I, the big, My biggest problem with the Transformers comics, and I've only tried to get into them, you know, granted I might not be doing... I'm, I'm, I am always going for number ones, which should mm. be a good jump on point. But they are so overwritten. These yeah. fucking robots talk so fucking much. I know. Um, but this one is present day, and then... Four million years ago. <laughs> Apparently, Optimus Prime is four million years old. Yeah, well, you old. can't just jump on to his four millionth year and expect to understand what's going I've on. I've got to go right? back a lot four of million issues of Transformers to make sense of this comic. The art was awesome in this book. Uh, like, really, like, I haven't seen Transformers and, and the colouring as well was kind of like Bende Dot kind of, I guess they're kind of throwing back to how comics used to be four million years ago. <laughs> but uh, I really, really enjoyed this. It was quite pop arty and, uh, and sketchy. Um, the art in this one was by Kay Zama, hmm. written by B- John Barber. Um, so I, I will not be continuing with Optus Prime, um, nor will I be continuing with Lost Light, which is uh, the aforementioned extremely hard to follow description. But it, it, this is way more kind of new reader friendly. It definitely held your hand, and you had someone narrating to you and one of the other characters and telling you where they were at at this point and, and letting you know their motivations. And this one only jumps forward 500 years, nine months, 14 days, and six hours later. Oh, that's, that's really Significantly easy. less than four million years. Uh, neither of these comics made me go, oh, man, I love the Transformers comics. Yeah. <laughs> but they have massive fans. People, these are all big sellers. People just love Transformers. It's just one of those things that, like, I just... I know I fundamentally will never understand because I just don't connect with I it. I want to, though. I know. Like, we all want to. I want, they're, I, I, they're robots with feelings, and they're not even, like... Like that's my favorite thing, and this just—I have no—I have no time. But your favorite thing is robot with feelings amidst other humans. Yeah, Whereas that's true. In these comics, it's just everyone is a fucking transformer. There are like there's like one person in in the Optimus Prime one. Like I, I think I like the interaction between humans and transformers. Yeah. I guess, but I, I've done the call out before. If you can tell us a Transformers book that I might like, one that you love, that that is a great entry point to this universe, these beloved comics. Please share with us and I'll, I'll endeavor to read them. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, Transformers books. Uh, unfortunately, not one that's latched onto me yet. Matt, speaking of unreadable jumping on points, that like actively like sells itself as when like whenever you see this logo, you'll know it's the perfect jumping on point. And it's um, like a massive square that says launch. Yeah. And so I read, because um, I'm always trying to understand the appeal of Xenoscope books, I read the first issue of Cinderella, Serial Killer Princess. Featuring a very scantily clad blonde uh, girl in kind of, I mean, it's like it's like if you went to any trashy Halloween shop and was like, I want a sexy um, Cinderella. Cinderella costume. Yep. This is what it would be, and this is um, subtitled Voodoo Slumber Party. So you know it's going to be really good and really um, culturally sensitive to people who practice voodoo. Um, I what is what are these comics? I don't understand. So in this universe, Cinderella is like a valley girl slash serial killer. So everything she says is like, like you know, whatever. Um, and then it's a great impersonation. Thank you. And she just goes through. I felt like I was there. And kills like everyone in the in the Xenoscope universe, which turns out to be surprisingly diverse. There were two characters with physical disabilities, an interracial lesbian couple. Um, and they all were decapitated by this bizarre Cinderella character. 
I don't understand. I don't understand why this is popular. I don't understand who likes this. I don't understand who it's written for. I don't understand what's going on in the brains. It's, it, two people wrote this. I don't understand what's going on in their <laughs> brains. Um, it was fairly like... I mean, just boring more than anything else, probably. And to be like, you know, like, I, I may, maybe like, oh, cool, like sexy fairy tale people cut pe- people, but the art's not even that appealing on like a pervy level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. It's like not sexy in any way. Um, and the whole point is that she wants to go and kill this this universe's Robin Hood, who is a sexy lady, obviously. Um, just ludicrous. And I'm, I'm on board. I'm reading the whole series. I <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Are they other number ones that we've read this week? Um, no, I also read um, the first issue of Richard Corbin's Shadows on the Grave. This is just a bunch. If you like Richard Corbin, horror stories, then this is for you. This is like a bunch of like maximum kind of 10-page stories done in black and white and Richard Corbin's um, distinct style. Do you like – are you a Richard Corbin fan? I mean, not hugely. I'm not a huge horror comics person. I love um, his... I love his art style. Like, I think yeah, it's that's, so that's weird what and I mean. interesting. That's oh, yeah, totally. Art, that's I, I love some of his Hellboy stuff is some of my favorite yeah. in the run. But um, I didn't find any of these stories scary. <laughs> <laughs> what I did find scary, though... Great segue. Um, ...was a one-shot by from Amigo Comics um, called Tales from the Suicide Forest, written by... El Torres with art by Fran Galan. And this is, so two, um, I assume, sort of um, Spanish or whatever. Um, um, South American Christ Almighty. Um, That's what the episode's called, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) It's like an anthology comic about the suicide forest in Japan where there's like a thousand suicides every year. So it's just like little stories from there. It's really good and really scary and really confronting and apparently there's a whole graphic novel of them with art by um gabrielle walter oh who wow did the vision so i'm going to be checking that out for sure did he do any of the art in this one no he didn't um the first story is about some teenagers who sexually bully a girl into killing herself in the suicide forest but then the girl comes back to haunt them yes. great and then another one about this dude who goes into the forest to put perform some kind of voodoo on all of the people that he works with because they don't respect him and they haven't given him a promotion and all the women don't want to date him because he's a fat loser and how dare they. Um, and then once he's n- sort of nailed these effigies of them to the um, trees, uh, they themselves become like a peer and are nailed to the trees and then he can't leave the forest. Every time he tries to run away, he comes back to the clearing until he kills himself. And as he kills himself, he sees a vision of all the people talking about him and talking about what a great guy he is and how they're really excited to give him this actually way bigger promotion and all the girls are talking about wanting to ask him out and he just um, dies sad. It's amazing. Spooky. Spooky stuff. Heap spooky. Those are all the number ones that we reviewed this week. The end of First Things First. Uh, find... Us talking about them on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Mm-hmm. Or you can talk about all of this week's new number ones on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Come join the conversation, y'all. There's 300 of us. Pretty fun. Talk about comics all goddamn day. Now let's read the rest. Oh, sorry. Segment. Beloved segment. Beloved segment. Uh, the, the orthodox way. Uh, we always flip a coin to see whether we should review the Marvel or DC books that came out this week. Uh, Siobhan, which is... Tails is DC. Okay. Heads it is. Marvel. It's always Marvel first, I feel like. I don't know. Uh, here's my my, my theory is that uh, coins prefer Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, what did I really love this week? I really loved The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 15, by Absolutely. Ryan North, Erica Henderson, and special guest artist, Zach Gorman. Um, this was a story all about Mew, who is... Um, Nancy's cat. Yep, Nancy is uh, the Squirrel Girl's uh, housemate, and she has an adorable white cat called Mew. And this is a book in which uh, Squirrel Girl faces off against Task- Taskmaster, mm-hmm. and, and needs to enlist the entirety of the Marvel Universe to help her fight him. Um, and in the end, it turns out that uh, Mew thwarts him, the cat, just by being a cat. So this mm-hmm. is an entire issue from her point of view. Um, at one point, we, she falls asleep and there is a bunch of dream comics and these are written and drawn, uh, well, at least drawn by Zach Gorman. Very cute. Very really, cute really, issue. Really, really cool. funny. Yeah, really great. I mean, like, I love issues uh, of, of, of Marvel comics told from an animal's perspective mm. uh, or even just, an, just comics told from an animal's perspective. There was a really great um, Superman issue told from Crypto's, um, I mean, it was a Superboy issue. I can't remember. But it was about just after Superboy died and him missing Superboy. Oh, that was yeah. really sweet. And then, of course, there was the classic pizza dog yep. issue of Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, this is a great comic, and uh, if one of the few things putting you off from uh, reading uh, <laughs> An Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is how much text there is, this was uh, the least text-heavy Unbeatable Squirrel Girl since Ryan North started writing it. Yeah, so, absolutely. But I love Ryan North, so on if anything, I wanted more text. <laughs> uh, okay, where else? I'm clutching at straws for Marvel books that I liked this week. Oh, wait, Power Man and Iron Fist, number 11, yeah. featuring uh, us learning more about Alex Wilder who was uh, once in The Runaways. He's back now, and uh, he's got crazy evil powers. He gets referred to as Childish Gambino yep. <laughs> uh, quite a few times in this issue. Uh, he's basically recruiting different villains to take down Tombstone, um, and uh, Power Man and Iron Fist are going to try and stand in his way. Pretty great. Really great, actually. Such a, like Continually such a fun comic. Um, this one probably the most convoluted arc so far because it's just so many different characters. And there's lots of like jumping through time. Yeah, but I'm still really enjoying it. Um, Stanford Green on art is a joy. Absolutely. Um, such a different style to other superhero books. And whenever he draws a, a character that you know and love and they show up, you're like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, I love Disco Devil in this. Yep. Um, and it's just good at all these, you know, these wacky 70s characters that were in the original Heroes for Hire and Power Man and Iron Fist comics kind of show up and get new, new iterations of themselves, how they fit into a world like they are in, they're in today. It's just a really good book. Yeah, real fun. Heaps good. David Walker. Great great writer. Absolutely. Um, um, so, did you did you read Mosaic? No. Did you read Mosaic? Issue... What issue? Two, issue three. three. I really like this comic. Really? Cause yeah. I, I, Why didn't you like it? I just found it dull and like kind of like... Hard to follow. I sort of find it... I find it interesting so far. I like... I sort of like the characters. Like, I like that he's a basketball star and who's dating, like... He's pretty much, like, Swaggy P from the Lakers who's dating Iggy... Well, was dating Iggy Azalea. Um, And in this, he sort of finds out that his dad paid her to be his girlfriend to further both of their careers. (laughs) Um, Which is... And she's actually a secret lesbian with her... um, With her bodyguard slash assistant, which he finds out, which... um, lead character Morris who can jump into other people's bodies like Jericho from the Teen Titans um, finds out when he jumps into her head pretty heavy but I just like I enjoy this it's sort of him it finishes with him jumping into um, Spider-Man's body okay cool which is pretty compelling my my problem was that it didn't really seem to go anywhere yeah Um, I feel like it's I feel like it's starting to go somewhere and um, Kari Kari Randolph 
I don't know quite how to pronounce that. Carrie Randolph and um, Tony Silas on art is um, really good fun. Yeah. Again, it looks it looks like a really great animated series. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I, might, I might go back and read a few of these later on. But, yeah, I find, uh, it, I find it enjoyable. A lot of books this week, guys. Yeah, do you um, Okay, we're moving into... Oh, no, I enjoyed this issue. Uncanny Avengers number yeah, 17. Yeah, that was fun, huh? By uh, Jerry Duggan with art by Pepe Larraz. Uh, in this, um, the Hulk has been resurrected by the hand. And it's up to the Uncanny Avengers, who now feature Elektra and, um, you know, uh, Human Torch. Everyone, they, they've got to take the Hulk down. Um, I found it really, really fun. Yeah, and, that was heaps fun. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. they take him down. And um, is this series continuing? It is continuing, yeah. It looks like Red Skull has infiltrated Quicksilver's mind. Uh, yes. So that's fun. Yeah. And it, it looks like it's probably going to tie into Captain America, the Hydra story, pretty soon. Cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. Is it the next big event after IVX? Is the Hydra War and expenses doing? Oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> We're finally going to see Captain America's Hydra stuff come to a head. That's That'll kind a, of appealing. That's kind of fun. I guess. Yeah. Sure. I love comics. Uh, Poe Dameron number nine uh, kind of just, th- it just threatens me to drop it every time. It gives me just enough to keep reading it. Um, it's telling the story of this uh, what once was a member of the Empire, the uh, um, Terek, who's mm-hmm. been a kind of his adversary throughout the uh, nine issues that we've seen so far. My problem with this book is that all the Poe Dameron stuff is really dull to me and all the rest of it is actually kind of appealing. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's really hard to convey the charm of um, Oscar Isaac in comic book form. And Phil Noto does like an extremely good likeness and extremely good Oh, job. I've got no problems with the art. But um, yeah, like he's a bit kind of just sassy and not interesting. Yeah, there's, there's more charm in just his... The fa- his face on the various covers. And like- C-3PO comes across as mad charming in comparison, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, I, 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 I kind of speed read this one now. Yeah, I sort of enjoy it. Like, it's a bit kind of It's slow, average, but, but yeah. kind of enjoy it. We love average comics here. Hey, yeah, Speaking of which... <laughs> oh, gosh. Are we in the uh, didn't like or like? Have you got some ones that you liked? Because um, I'm going to unload I mean, on this liked is a strong word. I read the second issue of Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows by Jerry Conway with art by um, Ryan Stegman. Ryan Stegman's art is definitely the best thing about this. In this universe, Mary Jane, like, is like, she runs a clothing shop, is like a fashion blogger and a mum and all this kind of nonsense, which are just like... Wait, both? I hate, I hate, I hate the... Um, for some reason, any reference to blogging makes me roll my eyes really hard. Yeah, for you, it's blogging. For me, it's hacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, I love a good fake hack. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, so this is kind of more about Mary Jane, who now has some spider powers, and they, her, their child, whatever her name is, Annie Mae or whatever, keeps getting into trouble in like the most irritating way ever. Um, it's, it's a, it is a fairly confusing book, but I kind of enjoyed it. It's got a funny Mole Man ending. Ryan Stegman's art is great. Uh, Ryan Stegman should draw Spider-Man forever. Um, I also read the issue 13 of the <laughs> Totally Awesome Hulk, which um, has an assist from Jeremy Lin. So this is about Amadeus Cho playing basketball with Jeremy Lin in a charity um, game. An Asian-American basketball superstar? Yes. Um, this was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Was it still written by Greg Pak? Or? Yeah, it's still written by Greg Pak and the art's like, still nice. Who was the dude from Whose Lines It Anyway who straight up wrote himself into... Uh, the Spider-Man book recently. I can't remember his name. But I thought this was going to be a, like like Jeremy Lin wrote himself. Uh, that would have been sick. <laughs> I would have read. Uh, that would probably would have been heaps better. <laughs> um, you just said I would have read that, and you did read this anyway. So uh, yeah, no, I read, read it that. anyway. I'm a sucker. Whatever. <laughs> um, all right, this book. 
Brian Michael Bendis, Michael Gatos, and Matt Hollingsworth on Jessica Jones number three, returning to the character that they created uh, years ago for Marvel Max. Uh, I fucking hate this book so much. I thought this was like probably the best issue of the three that I've read so far. But it is just... But it's not good. Nothing fucking happens in like, it. Like, it is the most... Like, it's so funny because it's the most classic criticism of Bendis ever that everyone just sits there. And this is literally an issue where Jessica Jones is tied to a chair and just talks to someone for she the whole She gets punched time. a bit. She gets punched in the face a bit. And says some rude things to people. Like, again, sassy. Jessica Jones' sassiness really, really irks me. Yeah. It's really grating. Because she's a mum now. <laughs> Everyone knows you have a baby. You can't be sassy and a mom. Right. Everyone knows sassy, when you're a, a mom. A fashion blogger and a, and a mom. Everyone knows when you're a mom, your life ends. All right. But sassiness is, you know, comes with being a teenager and not having responsibilities, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm okay with her still like having a like narky sense of humor, but just like this is not this is not compelling in right. any way. And okay. it just ends, like, every issue ends with her just, like, jumping away from Luke Cage. And this ends exactly the same way. I don't want to be um, written about a Mamma Mia. So, I, I will say, mums can be sassy too, everybody. I think the main problem is that she's just, like, an unrepentant dick. You know? Like, why, why would Jessica Jones, who has been in this, like, loving, committed relationship with um, Luke Cage for years, now not like refuse to talk to him even like oh, so moms so can't irritating. be unrepentant dicks now gosh <laughs> i mean line. they are way to set everyone backwards they definitely are um but just not <laughs> jessica saying, what, not jessica jones all moms are, all moms are dicks <laughs> all moms are dicks <laughs> fight me moms <laughs> no, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I love just, you mom <laughs> i just don't I don't know where this comic's going. I, mean, I don't want to know. I don't care. I just, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it because I'm like, he's not going to fuck this relationship up, is he? Is he really going to do it? Is this motherfucker going to do it? Is this, this motherfucker's <laughs> doing it. And like, apparently, Power Man and Iron Fist coming up soon. He like is it ties into oh, this, no. so it is going to be like you know, like they've 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 been separated and their daughter's missing. That sucks. If, if maybe Bendis is playing the long con. I'm like, that's that's why I'm reading it. Like fingers crossed for her when he looks at like like has Jessica Jones like wink at the camera. Like just kidding. Oh this yeah, is like- all a ruse to thwart you. And I don't know. I, I- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. We didn't even talk about the plot, but... There's no plot. What's the plot? Who cares? There's no plot, but there is the dot. Or the spot. What's his name? The spot? Yeah. The guy who can make spots and then jump, teleport through the spots. Yay, comics. (sighs) I don't like this book. But also, like, why the fuck is he in this book? Because it's like, it's meant to be like gritty, realistic kind of Jessica Jones stuff, but then... Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. There's so much about this that I don't understand. And then, like the the big reveal at the end of this book is that she's she was being held held hostage across the road from her apartment, and then she flies she away. Away from the cage. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's. I'm just you know, like there's no there's no comic book satisfaction that comes out of a Bendis yeah. book now. It's yeah. just like it's not even a real. If, if the cliffhanger if the cliffhangers were, were like you know if it was a bad book, but then it was just like a ridiculous reveal at the end. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I get this. this. Is like you know, popcorn fun, but he doesn't even. It's just not satisfying on any level for me. Totally. I can't wait for issue four. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, over to DC now. Let's burn through these. Should we start with the good? Yeah. Wonder Woman. Yay! God damn it, this was a good issue. Um, we've been raving about uh, Greg Rucker's Wonder Woman run, in which the odd issues are drawn by Liam Sharp, and the even issues, or the odd issues, are set during uh, present day and the even issues are drawn by Nicholas Scott and uh, a set it's like Wonder Woman's first year of being Wonder Woman of her first coming to Earth and sorry to to, to the Western world yeah, our yeah, world yeah. yes um, is Themyscira technically on Earth? I mean I feel like we're about to find That's out very it true. could be on a separate plane but, but why like you know uh, when you first read when you first read those those first few issues it was un, you were unsure if these books these two sto- separate stories were going to tie in together they have come together so well so cleverly. I don't know how much longer that's going to continue for I know Nicholas Scott isn't going to draw this beyond maybe two or three more issues I think something like that yeah yeah she only signed on to do this first story arc so whether or not that means the year one arc is going to continue alongside the current day or they're just going to go all current day after this story ends um, I don't know but I'm loving both the present day and the year one stuff, especially the year one stuff. Absolutely. There's so much great character stuff in here. Like, um, I've never cared about Cheetah as a character before, but okay, I love... Dr. Minerva. Yeah. I love Barbara Ann. I love the sort of cute potential romance blossoming between her and Etta Candy. Yep. That is adorable. I loved that, um, you know, they sort of reference and confirm the fact that Diana was in a sort of committed lesbian relationship on Themyscira and that she had to leave that to come to Man's World. Yeah. And she confirms that I did not come here for you, Steve. Like, I came here because it was my duty. Yep. Very, like, really good. Yeah. And uh, and, and in the end, we, we, we see the big bad mm-hmm. is um, Ares, the god, god of war. Yeah. Classic villain, classic Wonder Woman villain. Makes sense for the first story arc. And a very incredible... Uh, incredibly drawn version of him. Yeah, and it cannot... Like, it cannot... I know we say it every single... Every month, but it just can't be stated enough how incredible Nicola's work is on this book. Like, it's so beautiful. I will. I'll spoil it for everybody. She won Artist of the Year yeah, at our yeah. awards the other day um, by a lot of votes too. So, absolutely um, really cool. I mean, obviously, it helps that we are a Sydney-based podcast. So, yeah, a lot of people will probably side with the Sydney cider, um, and, and that's exactly where she, Nicola, like, Nicola Scott lives. She earns it with every single issue, and the colors by Romulo Fayado Junior, I believe, mm-hmm. um, is like they're so beautiful. This is such a yeah, such a beautiful book. I love the reveal that you know the the the, the terrorist um, arc. The, sorry, the terrorists that are, that they've been on the chase, they've been chasing, have been the Seer group. Yeah, and they work out that when you rearrange the letters in Seer, it makes Aries. Yeah, really great, really, really great clever. stuff. And I loved um, that sort of double page spread of like 
Diana kind of testing out her abilities with Steve and he's like happily shooting at her and she's happily <laughs> knocking the bullets away with her bracelets. That's so funny. I didn't even, I, that, that didn't even like, I didn't even pick up that that was yeah, a funny yeah, yeah. thing. I was just like, <laughs> this is the best book. <laughs> so clever. I should point out that all DC books this week um, felt double their size. Oh, I know. Because there is a like 12 page insert about, I didn't actually open it at all. And oh my read god, it. it is so weird! It's the Suicide Squad versus Justice League. Um, turns out that the main bad guy in this is Maxwell Lord, Ooh. which is pretty good. And uh, Lobo is uh, is com- is going to be in the in the group that Maxwell Lord puts together to take out Suicide Squad it's and Justice fun. League. I'm kind of down to read that now. Um, so I'm it's such not, a sucker. It's, it looks like it's going to be Justice League versus Suicide Squad for like one issue, and then they're going to team up to take on the bigger bad. Right. Um, well, and- Maxwell Lord's no fun if he's like the reason Maxwell Lord was interesting was because you didn't see him coming as a villain for ages. Yeah, it's true. If he's just a bad guy from the start, it's kind yeah. of like it's well, just like oh, here's another like Lex Luthor. More on that next week when the Suicide Squad versus Justice League book starts. Um, speaking of Suicide Squad. Uh, I'm just going to talk about the f- the wrap up of this um, arc that I Stockholm syndrome myself into liking. Uh, this is written by um, uh, Rob Williams uh, with art by Jim Lee, um, and they managed to get Jim Lee do a uh, commit to a fortnightly book by having uh, the, the the main part of the story be told 12 pages at a time in each issue, um, which meant it was kind of a stretch to kind of make the story be impactful for those first few issues. But then it got, kind of became quite fun, and uh, this 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 arc. You know, for all of my hatred of it as it started, I will take some of it back. I think this was actually like, just for just, you know, straight up kind of throwback, dumb action comics. This mm. was actually quite enjoyable. Yeah, nice. Uh, and I'm glad I, to hear it. I'm, I, I mean, I'm glad that I've just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm big enough of a man to admit that I was wrong. This was kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also sets up kind of uh, what the Justice League versus Suicide Squad is going to be like. Uh, it looks like Killer Frost is going to play a big part in it too. I like Killer Frost. Oh yeah, no, she's amazing. You don't like her? She's, I don't know. She, I don't really know anything about her. She removes her. the heat from her victims and then uses it in, in, in ice blasts against cool. them. Cool. Pretty fun. Um, and uh, so she's like, it has her like scanning uh, all the different cells and kind of trying to look like scanning for heat. And then she's like, oh, this room is the coldest one of all, and it's the one with Amanda Waller in it. Ah, sick. Pretty cool. God, I love Amanda Waller. Yeah, that was really good. I don't know. I, I, again, it, it, there are dumb books that just appeal to me sometimes. Yeah, totally. Comics. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, issue 10 by uh, Robert Venditti, Venditti and um, filling Art by Ed Bennis. Um, first of all, I really, really loved Ed Bennis's take on these ca- characters, like the kind of more pencil-y style yeah, of his totally. artwork. Interesting. Um, uh, like, it's so funny to me because, like, Kyle Rayner is like, he shouldn't be the beefcake Green Lantern, should he? But he's, his, is. like, traps are huge in this. He's like <laughs> the artist, guys. Even the Guardians are kind of beefed up. Um, <laughs> Sexy little midgets. Yeah, but uh, I, uh, this is, this is, we have most of the Green Lanterns have been imprisoned by um, uh, Brainiac. Brainiac, um, put in a bottle as he does. Um, and it, the entire time, Brainiac's referring to getting the getting getting this these his stolen relics ready for the Grand Collector, mm. and we find out at the end that it is uh, a different coloured lantern, an orange one at that. Um, the that only is, orange lantern. Yeah, that's right. Lovelies. Yeah, and he's one. Of, he's a, he's a cult favourite. Yeah, I like Lovelies as much as the next person. No, you don't. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I barely like Lovelies, um, but. For some reason, I don't like the idea. Like, Brainiac is a big, scary villain. He's a Superman villain. Like, mm. I, I feel like he shouldn't be deferring to Laugh Lee's. I feel like maybe he was paying him 
or something like that. Like mm, he, yeah, maybe I don't know. Who knows? I find it weird. Also, um, Brainiac's. Um, if you look at him, look at him. He's all orange, so maybe laughly. Yeah, done maybe he's to like him. infected him or something. Um, yeah, but like I mean, I, I think I think I didn't like the reveal so much just because I'm so I feel really over like all the different coloured lanterns. Like I'd like them to be able to move away from that for a minute. And I know that the yellow lanterns are in this, but like that's classic. Yeah, so oh, I was over the yellow lanterns and over the red lanterns, but put them together, orange, orange. That's a winner. There is just one of them. At least it's just one guy. Yeah, that's true. Instead of like you know, and like I hate the like red lantern trope of like oh now now there's like a angry cat spitting yeah. blood everywhere. Whoa, isn't that spooky? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but like there were some good moments in this. I love Kyle being back and the sort of moments of um, Hal in like the green space where green lanterns go to die was kind of fun. That was kind of that was kind of cool. Him yeah. getting to talk to Abin Sir and like um, Tomar Ray and yeah, like, totally. And stuff. That was nice. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um, what next, Siobhan? The Flash number yeah, twelve. Yeah, yeah. Are you still reading the Flash? Uh, I yeah, you gave I, it up. I, I said I was going to get it off, and then I didn't because um, I saw that issue fourteen of this is going to be um, bringing the Rogues back, yes. and Captain Cold is one of my favorite villains. So, he is a good. Uh, I'm going to keep reading. Um, yeah, I liked this. I thought this was a good wrap up to this um, Shade story arc. It's got some like classic sort of coming of age lessons for the new Wally, new Wally West, and a cute little romantic um, yes, moment too. Which absolutely. I, bringing I, back. I was like, do I want to read this? And I flicked past that page and saw, the, you know, this like dumb asking out on a date as a cliffhanger. Yeah. And I was like, that's dumb. That's silly. But then I ended up actually reading the book and I was like, oh, that was really nice. I love Iris and Barry. There's um, a uh, also a brilliant moment where uh, Wally West and Barry Allen um, fist bump. Yes. To, to create save a the universe. One, but the, Great. the splash page after it is so good and reminded me actually of uh, The New Frontier. In fact, there are lots of mm. moments in this issue that reminded me of The New Frontier by Darwin Cook. That's a huge compliment. Uh, where... Um, Oh no, that was in the sorry, that was in the uh, holiday special. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Captain Cold puts eight bombs all around the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was know, very yeah. reminiscent. Um, and I like the sort of thing of Wally trying to guess Barry's name. Yes, <laughs> so he's just totally. always like Lance. Yeah. <laughs> very Pretty great. Fun. Yeah, real good. Where's Jay Garrick though? I want. Oh no, actually, where is Jay Garrick? Hurry up, bring all the old guys back. Are they still all in like Earth Two or something? I don't know. I don't really read that. They'll fix it. I'm sure they'll, that was that was going to meant to be a big part of Rebirth, so I'm sure they'll come through. Uh, did you read Detective this week? I did read Detective this week. I think this arc is actually going somewhere good. Um, the victim syndicate, uh, well, people that have been affected by Batman in a in a in a bad way, coming out to you know take down. Yeah, Batman. this has gotten better than I than I expected. Can um, I? Um, I mean, are you on the same wavelength as me? Who do you think the main? Who do you think the main member of the victim syndicate is? Oh, I like. <laughs> it's Stephanie Brown's dad, right? Stephanie Brown. Oh, like the calculator or whatever. You know, isn't he like just, he's just some two-bit bad guy that wasn't it, that wasn't, was out to kill her? I wasn't her dad the calculator. Am I a mental? Maybe. Maybe. Um, well, I feel justified in the fact that Stephanie Brown is a fucking turncoat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she ends by being like, "I have to stop things." I thought the moment between Clayface and his sister was really lovely. Yeah, definitely. Mudface. Was it her sister? Isn't it just his biggest fan? I don't know. I'm, cl- <laughs> I'm clearly reading my own comic here. <laughs> and also, does Stephanie Brown? I don't think she's going to be bad, does she? She's I just don't know. she she's she's trying to take the syndicate down there her own way. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, enjoyable, super enjoyable, and I still really love um, Eddie Barrows. Eddie Barrows, who does the the amazing like Barrows, yes, the. Um, Big, big sort of painted panel close up on on each character's face. I really, I just find that 
I just find that nice. It seems really old school. It seems really old school DC, which I really enjoy. And I love that we know that Tim Drake isn't dead. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And so even though you have the characters having these meaningful moments about him being dead, but having the, re- the reader knowing that he's not dead actually makes it more powerful. Yeah, totally. Because really excited for him to come. The, the true mystery, there's no mystery. When, it, when a Kara character dies, obviously they're going to come back. Yeah. But knowing that they're not actually dead and just somewhere in space waiting to come back, it's actually like a way more interesting yeah, totally. way of doing it to me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This is a good book. Detective. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we book. said it was one of the best books of the year because I yeah. think for DC it was, definitely was. Absolutely. Um, action comics. I've stopped reading action comics. This is a very silly issue oh, yeah? that did not go anywhere I wanted it to. You know those nice. guys that were like trying to take out Lex Luthor from no. the future? Whatever. Well, they, they were, they, uh, they're the God Slayers or something. Here we got like half the book is a backstory involving them and no, no character from Superman within it. Great. That's what uh, we all want from I a Superman know. comic, Whatever. right? Like, I'm still going to read this book because even... I was able to just skim through that part and I didn't think I lost anything from the story. I, I am kind of... I like reading Superman books. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So sue me. Uh, Batgirl, Birds Will of Prey, do. number five. New Oracle revealed. As a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think of that reveal? I mean, it's not what I expected, but I kind of liked that it was like a new character and I thought he was quite funny. Like, I thought it was quite a funny, like take on it like yeah, he's just sure. this dude who's trying to help but he's doing it in like a kind of mental way um and there were just some really funny panels of him looking like really wide-eyed and excited to be there um and I, I like this birds of prey team i really like this um version of uh huntress i find her like i find the banter between her and black canary like really good and funny and i like the relationships that are building and i like the art a lot by um is it sarah benson yeah Shauna Benson, sorry. Whoops. Nope. Still wrong. What is it? Rog Antonio. What? Rog Antonio? R-O-G-E. Okay. Anyway, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I disagree with you. Yep, we'll just be wrong. I don't care. Yeah, we'll just nice. be wrong. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think I would enjoy this more if one of these characters started being capable. I find them all. Are they not all capable? They kind of fuck up a lot. And yeah, they don't really work together as a team yet. I get that you know there is the a first arc. Of, I know, but like I don't know. I kind of just want them. I've seen them work as a team in the past, but now they have an oracle to give them structure. You I know kind of I mean? how cool would it be if um, Batgirl started like a hacker fraction called Oracle, and it was all these different people acting as Oracle, like anonymous. That would be cool. That would be cool. Anonymous, anonymous is great and only does great things, <laughs> and they're really cool. <laughs> Um, we're joking. Um, so did I, oh, I read heaps more. I, I read some more. Gee whiz. Uh, do you read New Superman? Yeah, I'm going to drop this. Yeah, you said. I kind of liked this issue. I thought this was quite good. Like, I mean, it's um, some pretty heavy stuff. Like, Keenan's dad dies and we I start to understand shit, the motivation. killing parents comics. Yeah, but it's classic. Also, you know he what doesn't I mean? really it's die. Like introduced, <laughs> it's an introduction to the character. Also, um, also, not only did he not really die, but his mom also isn't really dead. Right. Is that his mom? I thought I thought that the vibe was that this lady had like killed his mom and then tried to like and was because she loved thingy. Not well, I'll never know because I'm not going to read another issue. Well, I'll tell you. Thank you so much. And I like chubby Batman. I do too. There are moments in this book that I really like, but I just find like I'm mean, look at that cover. There is 20 characters. Yeah, but I like all those characters. I mean, yeah, but granted, ten? Ten, 10 of them are are in the the great ten. Yeah, so that's half the character. But like, I know I just. They're just there's it's it's very very overwritten in parts and super dialogue heavy. It is pretty dialogue heavy, but I sort of I like the I like the nods it gives to like like I get kind of like sometimes it's annoying that every team's first adventure seems to be um, Starro based. Yeah. But um, I sort of liked that this was like the first sort of um, 
uh, like first Justice League of China kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And they go up against um, the... The Great Ten. The Great Ten. Yeah, absolutely. Heaps of fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, so I also read uh, Deathstroke, issue eight. The Professional Conclusion Part 2. I feel like this is my Suicide Squad. Like, this is the comic that I continue to read and find compelling without really understanding why I like it. This one is way more critically revered than uh, than Suicide Squad. I don't really read read anyone else's reviews. I literally just have my own opinion. This actually popped up on a lot of people's best of lists. Yeah, interesting. Because it is kind of like, I think it'll read, I think I want to actually go back and read it in trade, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't do very often these days. Because... It is kind of compelling, but I feel like it was slightly confusing in single issue. Or maybe it's just because I read a million comics and so I couldn't remember what was going on. Um, but so this is Deathstroke fighting Superman. And he has like this cool suit that can absorb energy. So he manages to not be killed by Superman somehow. <laughs> um, and it has Why does more... he just always wear that suit? Well, I think he does now. Oh, right. <laughs> I, think it's his new, I think it's his new outfit. Um, but it has some funny Jericho stuff in like a way worse costume than his sweet mutton chops and like harp player gear from the George Perez and Marvel from around now. He's like a... I don't even know. Well, he kind of looks like um, the Mike Allred character, Madman. Yeah, he does. He does. With tufty hair coming out the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty fun. Enjoyable, weird Deathstroke stuff. Le- less creepy stuff in this one between, good. between um, good Deathstroke for you, Christopher and Rose. Priest. Yeah, good job. Um, I also read Gotham Academy, second semester, issue four. Like, these, these issues are fun because they are primarily standalone. Like, this is about a evil carnival coming to the school and all the kids sneak out at night to go to it. Um, and then it turns out it was like uh, the headmaster used to be in the evil carnival 100 years ago and is all there this any, kind of stuff. Is there any bat stuff in this? No. So, that's, that's the thing. I, I, I got excited about this, like, teen comic existing in the... In, in Gotham because I was like, oh, cool, all the Gotham stuff is going to be a part of it, but it doesn't... It is it is much more, like, Harry Potter influence than it is Batman. I mean, like, sometimes the characters are sort of Bat characters. Like but That's the all I need. Is... That's all I need. Like Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, all the teachers and stuff are, like, you know, bookworms, the librarian and stuff like that. Okay. So it brings in some really obscure characters. Um, and I, I still enjoy it. I think it's good, good teen stuff. Um, on a completely different note, I also read The Clean Room issue... Um, 14 by Gail Simone. It's really hard to talk about this because it's now, like, by issue 14, this is extremely complicated as a book. Um, and are we, are we nearing the end of this run too? I don't actually know. I sort of thought it was ending before, but it just keeps going. And so I kind of hope it's just ongoing because it's, it's super, like, super compelling. And, like, the depths of Gail Simone's imagination are unbelievable. Like, she used to be a hairdresser. And, in, like, <laughs> was she thinking about sort of bridges made of humans stretching across um the bay of wherever like it's just it's like it's really gross horrible stuff a lot of the time but it's pretty it's pretty fun the bay of wherever is also another good potential name for this episode i'm just full of i'm about to put it to a vote great knowledge today (laughs) um that came out through vertigo and I i read a vertigo book this week too um the third issue of the lost boys by tim seeley uh with awesome art um you know whenever there's a a book based on likenesses in a movie mm. and they, the artist just nails that like you know, without being photo referential just like you can know who that character is meant to be and it's just good the yeah. artist by uh scott godlewski um as i continue with this the, the second issue of the lost boys which i only read this morning um because i knew the third issue came out i hadn't read it yet was perfect like pitch perfect like even though i haven't w- watched the movie in 15 years i w- didn't feel lost at any point 
um, this issue was all over the place. And I didn't. I, and now I'm uh. like, oh man, if I the the my enjoyment of this series hinges on me rewatching The Lost Boys, which isn't actually a bad thing. No, I, should I just watched it for it. the first time recently. Oh, Jim amazing! Link has copied to me, and I was like, how have I never watched this before? Well, this is ludicrous. Guess who's been brought back as a character, like a main character, like a, as a hunter in this book? Amazing. The sax man. Oh yes, he. The guy who plays saxophone, the, yeah, the shirtless yeah, yeah. guy like in the, the band who, who plays, plays the saxophone. saxophone. Yeah, he's like a just a character in this book now. Amazing, great, so good. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great concept. So I, I like this, and I know it is very true to the film, but true to the point where I need to rewatch it again, so I know right, yeah, who yeah. the heck anybody is. Amazing. So those are the DC and Marvel books we read this week. We've got a few more books uh, from other publishers. Mm-hmm. Should we go through all the image stuff first? Yeah, why not? Uh, Sherborn did not read Reborn. No. Do you see what I did there? Issue three by Mark Millar and Greg Capullo. Um, man, I was like, at the end of it, last issue, you were like, I'm not going to read this anymore. I'm like, no, I like to see where it's going to go. And this is a perfect example of a bad comic that I really enjoy reading. Oh, yeah. Because even though I thought this comic was just stupid, uh, and I quite liked issue one and less so issue two, but I, I thought it was up to a great start. I want to really enjoy all of Mark Millar's comics because two years ago, I liked everything he did. Mm. Um I think maybe I just love Starlight. And that yeah, kind of I think he just knows how to write, like, one good thing every couple Jupiter, of years. Jupiter's, Jupiter's legacy Jupiter's is Jupiter's Thinger is, Jupiter's is Thinger great. is great. <laughs> but that's because of Frank Whiteley, and we all know it. Nah, there's, a, okay, there's an okay story in there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I obviously, like, him doing stuff with Greg Capullo is pretty appealing. And uh, this book just goes off the rails. Maybe that will be even more appealing to you because it allows Capullo to draw some very crazy stuff. There's, like, a weird underworld and... The cat that she neutered is now like her main main threat, um, and like this is the, this is the story that began with like everyone, you know, when when you die, you get transported to a, a fantasy land, and the extent of this fantasy land is just gets dumber and dumber with this issue, and now it just feels like Mark Millar trying to write like a Rick Remender esque like anything goes kind of fantasy, but yeah. rushing like the, the beauty of his books is that like you know Black Black Science is almost thirty issues deep, mm. and he's kind of shown the extent of how insane that this world and universe can get across all of those issues whereas this is a six issue limited series and Martin Millar and Capullo are just doing it really quickly and things take insane turns and they don't don't really feel like earned or or good yeah also like I feel like there are some real issues like with this universe concept like it would have to be the most overpopulated world on oh, no, earth no, no you can die in this right okay that was my next question what happens when so, you die in so this lots, one lots of people do die ah right okay yeah and then so there are dead. stakes yeah then they're just dead I guess I don't know or maybe you get reborn again somewhere else and then an even worse universe there is the dumbest moment where they're escaping from the fight and then someone a big guy in a cloak and you can just see his eyes he opens his cloak and is like quick over here I'm a friend and, and can hide you so they go okay and they jump in his cloak and then, they get, then he transports them to a prison and now they're in prison they're like oh damn I can't believe we fell for it <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Why the fuck did that happen? We've be- we've been tricked. I just realized where we are. That's nice. Yeah. Anyway. Amazing. Not a good, but I'm still going to review issue four, five, yeah, and six. Nice. <laughs> oh, I forgot to read Moonshine. Moonshine number three. Um, Brian Azzarello, Eduardo Riso. Again, the strongest thing about this is Riso's art. He's so goddamn good. And the colors in this, I don't, we haven't really shouted out the color before. Um, he, oh, right. So Eduardo Riso does colors with assistance from Christian Rossi. They're they really are good. They're really That is they're, really lovely. They're so simple blocky colours but yeah. they've done they, they suit the art so well absolutely you know, I, one thing I've never seen is Eduardo Riso's art in black and white I wonder I if have. It, 
What's he done in black and white? Oh, in Batman They've Black and White. They reprinted, yeah. They rep- <laughs> and they also reprinted some of his other Batman stuff in black and white, which I feel like I have. But I yeah, right. Okay, cool. I, I would like to see more of it in black and white because I yeah. love his use of shadows so much. Absolutely. Uh, this is a story about the mobster trying to get the moonshine to New York and the moonshine makers are also maybe werewolves. They're werewolves. But now I'm starting to think that maybe the main character is a werewolf because oh. he keeps waking up surrounded by dead bodies. So maybe it's him. Oh, that's even cooler. Um, yeah, like this this book is and and, and it make, you know, I, I'm not 100% hooked by this book, but then I remembered that I don't like the first 5 issues of 100 Bullets and I consider 100 Bullets to be one of my favorite runs of all time. So Yeah. Do we know is this a limited or are we assuming no it's idea. going to go on forever? No idea. No mm, idea. Interesting. So yeah, I mean you should be reading this anyway. This is two two greats writing something with the potential to be great. Absolutely. Uh, although it's, it also is one that... Actually, no, I think this one w- works really well as an issue-by-issue. Issue. Uh, this isn't one of those few books that is telling a big, long story that actually, you know, you don't have to wait for trade on. Yeah, totally. Um, are they all the image books I read? No, I read a couple yeah, more. Hadrian's Wall, number four, which is the space-based uh, murder mystery in which a uh, ex-husband is sent to a space station to investigate the murder of his ex-wife's now-dead husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we learn a lot more about this universe in that there is a, there are huge uh, conflicts between the Earth and the space station and uh, Earth refusing to send supplies to the space station and there being uh, revolts in society because of it. Um, and then uh, as we learn more about the, the world as it was, you know, before before what we're seeing now, we learn more about the main character and his shady past, how he broke up with his wife and those events in the past kind of come back to sting him in this book and then we learn a much bigger threat mm. than the uh than the, than the potential murderer on on board the space station uh this is a great book yeah this is so good guys and it keeps getting better with every issue and the art by rod Rees is so nice i feel like it's not like anything else out at the moment yeah and every character looks that the the, the the looks different like he's, yeah, he's always drawn and colored them in different ways there's um, genuine like good visual characterization going on which is like shockingly rare for a visual medium and i love like our, the main the main character is going through withdrawals because someone mm-hmm. flushed all these drugs mm-hmm. and you, he just looks terrible yeah yeah, yeah. he's, <laughs> like, having, he's having a rough a, day i haven't seen a more unhealthy looking person in a comic book in a long while yeah totally heaps fun great book really one of one of the images best i think carl higgins um and uh, alex siegel on this one they did cowl i should go back and read cowl because i only ever read the first issue Oh, Do you yeah. read Cal? Yeah, no, I didn't read it. Right. Green Valley number three by Max Landis with uh, art by Giuseppe Camoncoli. Giuseppe Camoncoli is good. He showed up in the uh, holiday special this week, I think. I don't know. He did something. Um, yeah, this uh, this book, this, this is one where they introduced the big twist. Um, and uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on this kind of bad book, uh, skip forward <laughs> a few minutes. Uh, the twist is that the wizard that these knights have been summoned to uh, take down is actually someone from... Like the like our future with like yeah. a tablet device that he can kill people with and like look up information on their history. Cool. And yeah. he's like a jerk who like pulls women around by their hair. I mean, this is like. Uh, Siobhan had a great I hate, comment. I hate to. I hate to like. Well, I don't know what that great comment was. You said that you you would love that if the the, the okay. bad guy is just Max Landis. Because <laughs> that's kind of who it reminded me of. Um, yeah, he's always killing people with tablets and pulling women by their hair. <laughs> I mean, metaphorically. Um, I 
like I feel like I sound like a broken record, but I'm so bored of comics that don't have any female characters in them. Like the only women in this are women who are being abused, like I just or killed to get back at their men. Like I find that so dull. Yeah, the only woman in this book is a corpse. Yeah, like heaps boring, heaps boring. Oh, then enough. Yeah, right. There's a few in the yeah, and like it, it there's totally a sad sucks. death apparently, but. The guy was kind of a jerk, so I don't understand why we're supposed to be sad about him. Yeah, great. Another man died. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it, it is. It's the same way, like, you know, that there's a. In the music scene at the moment, there's a kind of movement that, like, why should we support yet another all male band? Yeah. And I feel the same way about. I feel even more so. Like, you know, it's harder to. Maybe it's harder to find a female drummer or bassist in your all boys music school. But you can draw women heaps yeah. easy. So, and it's a fantasy book. You don't have to be like, well, actually, in the real Middle Ages, women wouldn't have been knights. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. There also weren't weird Max Landis characters with tablets that could kill people. Yeah. Lighten up. What a twist. Totally. Mayday. May- I find. Okay. So I like Alex DeCampi. Yep. Um,. Good, like, pulpy comics. This I find, like, really unreadable. I don't understand. I, I think that they're supposed to be single. Yeah. yeah, I think they're supposed to be standalone, but I have, I just have zero idea what's going on. They're supposed to be, like, FBI, CIA kind of stories, Cold War esque stuff, and there's, like, you, like, there's a, um, like a playlist so like it'll come up in panel like this song plays kind of deal and that's, I think that's like a fun concept of like you could, you know, play along with it or whatever. Um, but I have no idea what's going on at all in any of it. So I feel disappointed by that. It's annoying because DeCampi's stuff has actually been really easy to follow in the yeah, past. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, I just I find that one yeah. hard to read. Anyway. Those are all the image comics I read and you read, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, I loved issue two of Terry Moore's Motor Girl this week. In fact, Man. maybe my favorite comic that I read this week. Yeah, I think it's really up there for me too. This is by, like, by turns so sweet and funny and like really heart-wrenching yeah it, it deals with uh someone suffering from ptsd after coming back from is, is you reckon that what, this is what this kind of well i don't know because she's she's fully cracked in some sense and it's sort of it could have been triggered by her um terrible war experiences but it seems i don't think people usually hallucinate little green men in their in their backyard and have and a best friend who's an enormous gorilla yeah exactly that no one else can see but she uh, at one point uh getting ready takes her shirt off and it's covered in uh scars yes so something traumatic has happened uh, absolutely both physically and mentally i'm sure um but like you know on, on a small level this book is about a girl who's you know an ex an ex a, a war veteran who now works uh repairing cars at a scrapyard um and some a massive corporation is trying to buy that scrapyard, and uh, she doesn't want them to sell it. And this is a comic just in stark contrast with two like really diverse female characters. Like the woman who owns the scrapyard is a little old lady with you know who wears a sun visor and has her pants hiked up to her right under her boobs. <laughs> um, and like she takes no shit from the dudes who are trying to buy her um, buy her property, even though they are. Uh, intimidating and much and bigger than her. We are so used to that scene going where, you know, oh, they just walk all over the old yeah. lady and that doesn't happen in this. Totally. So that was really cool. Um, and like this lead character whose name I've totally forgotten is... Uh, Motor Girl. Motor Girl. I just love her. <laughs> First I love name Motor, last name Girl. I love, I love, yeah, I love this comic. And like Terry Moore is just such a talented um, cartoonist, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I love that she is talking to this p- 
potentially imaginary friend and talking mm. out her inner demons instead of us reading that narration. Absolutely. Like, obviously, not every comic should have a big, enormous imaginary friend. I mean, friend. agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> if they're a big gorilla, I'm down. <laughs> but I do think it's, it's a really great way of doing it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love this. And, I, and it lends itself to, like, you can have these, like, whimsical moments of, you know, potential things that don't really make sense in the biggest game of the plot. But it just works really well. It's yeah. a great book. Really, and it really makes great. me go, like, I'm an idiot for not reading I know. Rachel Rising. I'm an idiot for not reading Echo. I'm an idiot for not reading Strangers of Paradise. Yeah, it yet. makes me want to go read everything that Terry Moore's ever done. Yeah, and just, just drop the big bucks, buy, uh, buy all the pocket editions. Yeah, totally. Not the omnibuses. No, don't be a dummy. <laughs> you can't read those on the toilet. <laughs> No dice. Um, Motro. Motro? Motro? Motro. M- M-O-T-R-O. Uh, through Oni Press, written by uh, Ulysses... Uh, Farinas. Yep. With Eric Freitas. And Orion Hill on colours. Um, this is such a cool and weird book that's almost... Like, I think someone compared it to... It was like Mad Max meets Adventure Time. Totally. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a great comparison. Although uh, it's better than that makes it sound. Yes, definitely. Uh, it, it is like this kind of crazy goofy world but with like realistic violence and death is very real and yeah consequences uh yeah consequences are real and the lead character motro is this unbelievably sweet kind kid who doesn't want to doesn't want to hurt anyone because he has crazy strength and so he knows if he if he fought someone they would be seriously injured and then he gets forced into a battle with the sort of leader of the the community's son and instead of sort of prolonging the fight and making it really difficult he just ends it in one really horribly violent punch it's but like you know this is like pop arty kind of cartooning Mm. it's very like it looks like a like an anime it looked like like from a from a Visual point, it definitely looks like Adventure Time. Um, yeah, totally. But this moment is like actually like one of the like most brutal things I've seen in comics this year. Absolutely. Um, and there is this kind of like it reminds me a lot of um, King City, like yeah, something totally. Brandon, or something that would appear in, in a Brandon Graham anthology or, or book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really spectacular, over the top, and, and weird, and you kind of don't know what the next page or next issue is going to do. But it's leading into something really sort of epic. Yeah, totally. It feels very epic in scale because there's sort of seeing into the future and seeing himself as a king. And yeah, just, I, yeah, I really love this. That and um, Motorgirl were my favorites of the week. Yeah, I read, I read them one after the other. um, Yeah, same. And I was just like, oh, this is about as good as my week's going to (laughs) get. So this is when I, where I ended. Uh, there are a couple, couple, couple books I didn't get around to reading this week. But. <sighs> I read heaps more, um, but Good I'll just run you, through them really quick. I read issue three of Roger Langridge and Giselle Lagasse's Betty Boop. If you don't already like this, I doubt I can say anything more to convince you, but Giselle Lagasse is such a talented cartoonist. They managed to bring across the musical element of the um, original stuff really, really well. Um, there's ongoing jokes, ongoing gags that are really clever, and I just I think this is heaps of fun. I love I, Roger yeah, Langridge. I wish I had an affinity for Betty Boop. It's the only thing stopping me from liking this. Yeah, I don't, like, I have nothing, I have nothing that, especially, like, I have no history of enjoying Betty Boop. I always sort of thought that she was just annoying on t-shirts, but this has made me a this has made me a fan for yeah. sure. Um, I also read issue three of Mark Wade, Tom Payer, and Wilfredo Torres's Captain Kid. So we loved the first issue of this, and I tapped out of the second issue. I believe you said you were going to as well. Yeah, I kind of wish I had. Really, this is just about like because it just got really, really weird with these. 
weird women from the future. Yeah, like there's there's now sort of like multiple future versions of this character, and one of them's sort of evil. It's very like Paper Girls. Um, and this the, the premise of this in the first issue was that Captain Kidd is a um, like a, a sick. 40 something year old man yeah uh, who whenever he says his magic word he turns into a like a teenager who so taking on that kind of Shazam kind of classic Captain Marvel um, thing but then they spend half the issue being like um, this is my history so originally the future so it turns out that the future lady is the person who gave him the Captain Kid powers and originally she came to give him them when he was like a 15 year old kid but what she actually did was she just implanted the concept of the character in his brain and so he became like this fat loser obsessed with Captain Kid and obsessed with writing comics about this character um, and it just like it ruined his life and it crippled him um, and then it's like just goes on about how sad his life was as a a fat old man and stuff like that and just how he has to get over that so that he can be a superhero boring <laughs> boring sorry <laughs> um i read issue two of namesake is that steve orlando book on boom yep illustrated by jacob rebelka um about like a weird portal to the another world that you get magic from yeah so this is about a character who is taking the ashes of both of his fathers to this world which is where they wanted to be buried um and he is an outlaw there and he is being hunted by all these kind of really mad max influenced Mm. um spiky spiky cars and stuff like that and then he finds out that the guy who is hunting him because like what his dad that he liked never mentioned who his other dad was never mentioned him by name and it turns out that maybe the dude was is actually his other dad is actually the guy who was hunting him or something unless i read that incorrectly um this isn't amazing it's okay. I'm probably... It's only four issues, so I kind of feel like maybe I'll just see it out. But On that note, do you remember Sombra, which was another book uh, yeah, that yeah, Boom yeah. put out? Um, I, but I said I couldn't be... I, I wanted to wait till all four are out before yeah. and I'll go back and reread them. I did. Don't worry about doing that. No offense <laughs> to everyone involved. Justin Jordan, etc. I really like the art. The art was fantastic, but uh, as a story, it wasn't... Uh, didn't, didn't... Wasn't worth finishing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I also read issue four four of The Devil Inside Me, um, the adaptation of Jim Thompson's classic novel by Devin Farache with art by Vic Malhotra. Um, I think this is probably one that's going to be better to read and trade. I found it fairly confusing. I'm, there's a lot of murders um, in this that I'm sort of that's like losing your, that's track your of. every week. There's lots of murders in this. There's a lot this. of murders in this and I'm losing so track good. of all of them. <laughs> but the art's really good um, and I think it's a, it'll be a fun one to read in, in complete in a complete volume great makes sense um the last, last book, book last book oh my god guys um one that i really really enjoyed another issue <laughs> four of um peter milligan and juan jose rip um rips britannia out through valiant with um colors by geordie blair geordie blair is the latest person to be um run off twitter by the way book for being a woman awesome very depressing um but Britannia is the sort of murder mystery set in, like, um, Roman-occupied Britain. So this is the area of Britain that was, like, not Gauls. These are more the Britons that are still, like, Celtic and they believe in there's all Druids and there's all that kind of stuff. Um, and this detectioner from Rome has come to see what's going on at the settlement. Because um, there's been all these crazy demonic killings. Crazy demonic killings. Turns out it was demons. Crazy, right? But because he has the power of Vestal Virgins, he managed to get through it. I really like this. It's very bloody. It's very... Um, 
like while it's sort of full of demons and stuff like that it is genuinely influenced by real history and there's always a really interesting essay in the end by a historian um which i find compelling if you're if you're an ancient history um (laughs) fan i think this is probably a good one and i really like the art it's like not it's sort of um this this book has a very like british feel it feels like something that could have been in like a 2000 ad if they ever did sort of history comics right um but yeah i really enjoy this heaps good fun and i hope i hope it gets another story arc oh is this it like this was a it was a four issue yeah right um story which is nice it was nice to be done in four issues um but i hope it gets another that was over quick too yeah totally valiant doing it like the pros yeah heaps clever liked it those are all the reviews for this week um please come and join us talking about them uh, argue with us and uh tell us what we may have missed out on uh over at facebook.com slash serious issues podcast or again on our group where you can chat with us live and direct 24 <laughs> 7 um facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast uh you can find us on twitter twitter.com slash serious underscore underscore issues <laughs> and uh siobhan's on there at siobhan cbg on instagram too and i'm at levdog l-e-v-d-a-w-g um Make sure you tune in next week or later on in the week for our best of 2016 live show. Yep. Um, and we'll be back next Monday, obviously, with a regular um, regular episode in which we review all the comics coming out this week, which is an even bigger week than this week. I know. Luckily, luckily there's nothing important happening this weekend that's yeah. going to stop me from reading comics. Uh <laughs> Some, uh, Ignore your family and read 50 issues of comics. Some comics that I'm looking forward to is uh, The Return of uh, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Oh, yep. Through Black Mask, uh, written by uh, Matthew Rosenberg, which has been away for the last like six months. So very excited to see the new I- um, issue of that and highly recommend you just uh, catching up on those in the beginning. It's one of the better comics to come out this year. Um, we have uh, a third issue of Siobhan's favorite Marvel comic uh, of recent days, Cage. Yes, please. Um, the beginning of the third part of Divinity. Stalinverse. Stalinverse, issue number one by Matt Kent through Valiant. Um, I meant to put that on our favorite miniseries or kind of uh, independent books this year for our best of. I forgot. Matt Kent's done some great stuff this this year. And Valiant put out some great stuff too. Actually, on the Matt Kent note, yep. his book Ether has its second issue coming out uh, through Dark Horse this week as well. Um, about that. Marvel are starting two new books uh, based off of Guardians of the Galaxy members. We've got G- Gamora, number one. And uh, which is written by the woman who originally wrote the Guardians of the Galaxy script. Ah, oh, cool. Rhea Perlman, I think is oh her name. Um, and then uh, we've also got issue one of Star Lord by Chip Zdarsky and uh, Chris Anker. Paul, yes, Chris Anker. Make me like Star Lord. Do it. So that's y- what I want from this. Yeah. So I was going through all these different things that uh, different characters within Guardians, and Siobhan's like, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. I really don't like the Guardians that much, to be you honest. You got to read the Dan Abnett and Andy. I've read Lining some stuff. of it. I've read some of you it. Read it's all, all right. Of it. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, we've got six issue of Black Hammer coming out this week. Mm-hmm. That'll be really good. Um, also, Cave Carson has a Cybernetic Eye issue three. That will be heaps good fun. But too. most exciting uh, on the note of holiday specials, we have the Pile Man and Iron Fist Sweet Christmas special. Nice. It's just great when they. You know, they, I can't believe this hasn't existed before. I Obviously, know, that's right? Cage's catchphrase. Is one of his catchphrases. Uh, Sweet Christmas, and to put it in a special, it's just very clever. Very well, clever. well done, everyone who came up with that. Uh, well, whoever thought of that was like, oh man. Yeah. I got something amazing <laughs> for you guys. Take a, everyone sit down before I tell you this. <laughs> uh, we've also got another incredible holiday special, The Claws and Witch of Winter One-Shot. Yes, please. By uh, Grant Morrison and Dan Mora, one of our favorite books of the year, Claws. Um, having a little bit of re-entering that world for what will be a nice, I'm sure, like beautifully uh, put together special. And uh, also there's a return to one of my favorite series of all time, Lock and Key. 
Nice. Um, by uh, whatever the fuck Stephen King's son's name is. <laughs> Joe Hill. Joe Hill. <laughs> and an artist who I really like, uh, whose name starts with G, I think. Uh, but they're doing a special called Lock and Key Small World. And uh, I'm very excited to re-enter that universe. If you haven't read Lock and Key, you absolutely should. Uh, Gabriel Rodriguez yeah. is the name of the artist. I did it. Um, so, yeah, lots of great books coming out this week. I'm hoping the week after that is the quiet week. I swear I remember December being very quiet last year. Yeah, I don't know. I should know that kind of thing, having worked in a comic book store forever, but I don't. Oh, well. Oh, well. Merry Christmas from all of us <laughs> at Serious Issues or happy whatever else you celebrate. Absolutely. And thanks for an amazing first year, guys. Yes, thank you so much. It hasn't actually been a year yet, but thank you for... No, nah, but like, you know, we started this year. You we know have. what I mean? Yep. Well, actually, <laughs> I'm that guy now. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to never do that again. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week for another issue of another episode of Serious Issues. And like Siobhan, is only going to be forced to say for the rest of the year because I promise I won't do it. Oh, really? In 2017. Then I'll say Unless it really there's a fan uproar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, guys. Um, but do stay serious. I love that catchphrase. What are we, how are we going to replace it? Please let us know. Serious Issues at kingscomics.com. What should Siobhan say instead of stay serious next year? She loves saying it. I love it. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam and is about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin and is all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.